You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hi there. Welcome to today's podcast where I have interviews with other accountants who are doing some great things so we can learn how to build more profitable, successful and impactful accounting firms. Today I have with me Paul Barnes, who runs an accountancy firm called MAP. And with Paul, I'll be talking about how to build a practice that can run almost without you. Paul has done an amazing thing with his accountancy firm. He's also a co-founder of Go Proposal, and he'll be sharing how he has systemized his firm and got the right people in place, which enable the firm to run without him so he can work more on the business and do the things that he loves to do. A common challenge with most of us who run accounting firms that we just don't have time to work on the business. We are constantly firefighting, juggling, dealing with issues of the day, and we don't get a time to do the things that we want to do. So Paul shares some absolute nuggets with us and how you can take away some practical ideas to implement in your practice and in your day to try and get to a point where the practice can run almost without you. So without further ado, let's get into the session and I'll see you on the other side. So over to you, Paul, give us a just an initial brief background about you when you started and, uh, and we'll take it from there. Okay, yeah. So back to university, I guess. I graduated in 2008 with first class honours in accounting and finance. Um, it was the height of recession, so nobody wanted me, couldn't get a job anywhere. Uh, I wrote speculatively to all the top 100 firms and I got a response from one because uh, a lot of the graduate programmes were closing. Uh, and that was Price Bailey um, down, uh, down in the southeast, who were a fantastic uh, top 20 chartered accountancy firm. I only lasted about six months. My, my family and my girlfriend were back up in the Northwest and I said I would give it a go, but you know, every weekend there was a, there was a mate's birthday or a family something. And so I tried to join the local football team down there and stuff and it, it just didn't work. I was just up and down the motorway all the time. So I, I managed to engineer a, a move back to um, Blackpool, which is where I'm from um, originally. And I worked for a, a, a contractor, accountant specialist there who had grown rapidly over the last few years, actually. I uh, worked there for about 14 months and thought, I've learned all that I'm going to learn about one-man band limited companies. Uh, and I want to I want to work in Manchester. So eventually, a long way back to Manchester where I was at uni. Um, and I've stayed around here ever since. Um, I worked for uh, one of the tax assist franchisees, actually, uh, for about three or four years. Um, year two, we won franchisee of the year at the 200 um year three we won it again no one had no one had ever won it twice and we won it two years in a row wow. um and then we we decided to defranchise straight away and create our own brand because we knew that there was so many frailties of, of our business and so much we still had to put in place and so much work we had to do on that business and yet we were already apparently the best franchisee uh, in the network which concerned us so we, we defranchised uh, set up our own brand I did that for a little while, but I think kind of the entrepreneurial bug, you've either got it or you've not, I definitely had it. And then with the rise of zero in the UK in cloud accounting, I just saw a real opportunity to, to do something that I thought was, was better myself. So um, the day that I was eligible to 
um, get my practicing certificate. The application was already in the post and accepted, handing my notice in to my boss and set up my firm at the age of 27. Um, so that was uh, seven years ago, set up MAP, decided from day one we were going to be all in on zero uh, and that we're going to specialise in an industry. Didn't know which one at the time, but it didn't take me long to realise that the, there was a lot of um, opportunity uh, working with digital agencies. So for the last seven years, we've been servicing digital agencies uh, throughout the UK using zero and its ecosystem as a platform. Fantastic. What a great story. So just seven years you've been going. And so just talk about kind of where you are today and then we'll get back into the nitty gritty of, of how you got there. So what does your yeah. practice look like today? So where we are today is uh, 21 people uh, plus non-exec. So 21 including me plus non-exec. There's technical staff, uh, 16, and then five including myself uh, that are in, uh, in support operational admin roles. Um, we've got about 125 clients um and we provide a full outsource finance function for digital agencies now so over time we've just gone deeper and deeper in terms of what we can do for agencies instead of going wider we've gone deeper in terms of services that we can provide um typical minimum fee uh, about 500 pound a month um highest clients paying about three and a half thousand a month um and they see us as as an alternative um to building their own in-house finance function so once you've got to sort of a few million pound business, you're in a bit of a hole between not quite enough to big enough to justify how an internal finance function, but you've outgrown that arm's length, uh, typical accountancy practice. Uh, and, and we fill that void in between to provide an outsourced finance function with industry specialism, technology specialism, um, with, you know, proper segregation of duties, you get an FD and FC, you get some bookkeepers and credit controllers all plugged into an agency, um, depending on what you want. You know, so if you've got people in house that work, then we, then we work around them. And if you need the whole thing, then we'll provide the whole thing. Mm, fantastic. No, that's definitely, um, that's definitely a growth area that I talk to a lot of accountants about is the big opportunity for us now to actually utilize the tools that we have at our disposal being, you know, the cloud technology to actually add real value to businesses in that sector, which, you know, as you rightly said, you get to a certain point and business owners get to a certain point where they've grown and they kind of need that financial input at a high level. They need access to an FD and FC and a bookkeeper, but they simply can't afford to employ all of these roles. It would cost them, you know, 150, 200 grand, which they mm. can't afford. But firms like us, we can service those much more cost effectively, uh, giving mm. them access to the chunks of, of, of each of yeah. those roles. Um, yeah bespokely tailored to their circumstances so it's definitely a big opportunity and great to hear that you're making a success of it so kind of let's circle back then Paul to kind of in the early days when did you first realize and kind of getting onto the topic when did you first realize that you needed to systemize your firm so it wasn't kind of reliant on you when did that kind of penny drop in your head I think I'm a bit unusual uh, in many ways but certainly in this regard in that it, it was there from like day zero um I, I always knew that i wanted to systemize the business even if i hadn't scaled it like i didn't i didn't mean it to get this big at the time mm -hmm. um it was going to be me and you know half a dozen clients but you know whether i took on one member of staff or no members of staff probably was my plan at the time um i, I don't understand why you wouldn't try and make the business as as simple 
and seamless and efficient to run as possible, either because you're going to scale or because you don't want to be wasting your time on constantly reinventing the wheel and doing things from scratch. So, you know, if you are going to stay small, then stay small and, you know, work three days or um, do something else on, on the other days. You don't, you don't just want to spend time doing unnecessary admin. Um, and it's also about um, quality, consistency and speed for your clients as well. Um, I remember in the very early days, like a first engagement letter, you know, I'd have been winging it to a large degree in terms of putting it all together. Um, but I'd only want to wing it once and I'd want to make sure that I take that extra bit of time so that when it's gone out to this client, the next time it's going to be 10 times easier and the next time it's ready with very little input. So I wouldn't just make it right for that client. I would say this company is taught for this client and these are all the different variables that could have happened if it had been another client. So that when we come to the next client, it's, 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 you know, far more seamless and I could pass that task off if I wanted. So I guess quite an impatient attitude. Um, and therefore I never wanted to be doing something more than once or twice. So once I knew how to do it, it was about putting a system in place and then, um, being able to either do it easier the next time or offload it onto other people. Yeah. Fantastic. And so when you first started, when did you first kind of take on your, how long was it before you took on your first hire? I took on, um, the first hire was an outsourced PA. She was part of a a company. Um, and she actually works for us full-time permanent on the payroll today because she went on maternity and her employer, um, only wanted to come back part-time. So as soon as I caught wind of that, I was straight into the, nearest Starbucks having a, having a very fast interview with her and getting into the business because she was fantastic. Nice. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was outsourcing that, that admin resume really so that um, I could focus on growing the business and servicing our clients. So it was always built from um, support upwards, if you like. So, so she was my first unofficial hire because she was outsourced. Um, and then my proper first employee was was a guy that had worked with me at, at my previous firm so he had approached me um, and I said well we're, good, we're both gonna have to speak to your boss before we have this conversation mm-hmm. uh, so, so, so we had that that um, respectful conversation with him and I explained his desire and then he came over um, to me from that point and um, he was great in the early days at sort of managing all the client relationships that I could focus on um, running the business I still think to this day somehow I've managed to get away with never never preparing a set of accounts Fantastic. Um, in seven years. Um, managed to hold off long enough before he came in and, and <laughs> took, that, took that problem off me and then obviously built a team to do it now. So, Brilliant. And so from, from an early start then, did you, how did you go about kind of putting those systems in place? So now I've started to talk about kind of the practicalities. Did you, did you, you know, have written documentation that you were write everything down the way you wanted it to be done? Did you, did you use videos? You know, what was the, mm. the process, the how to mm. of actually building up those systems for you know, the people that you hired to them? Mm. Definitely videos for everything now. Um, that, that's the way we do things. We, we will often write things up as well, but we, we make, um, very uh, heavy use of videos back then I wouldn't have done um, but that would be my, my advice now um, and the way that I did it as I said before was just on the job really so when something my first engagement letter or my first management accounts or my first fat return or my first payroll it would be I was building the system at the same time as delivering that service to the client so that it was, you know, I remember setting up, like if I sent them the pay slips, I would save that email as a template 
so that the next one's e- easy to do. Mm. Um, and the process that I went through to log everything from logging into the software to running it and all the things that you need to check, I'd just be writing it down as I, as, as I was going really. So rather than just rush to get things out the door and get caught in that uh, hamster wheel of constantly just churning work out, it was to build a system at the same time as, as I was delivering the service. But it, it was mainly um, written in those days, yeah, but definitely video now. Fantastic. So, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it's amazing how kind of you said all this came naturally to you, which, you know, most people find quite difficult. And, you know, when they set up their firms, they do everything and they are the technician because they they've set up their firms because they feel they can do something better um, and have the freedom to do it. But they end up just kind of doing it themselves and not really relating yeah. to others because they feel as if no one can do it as good as they can. So, yeah. I mean, what I'm, I'm intrigued, what kind of, was it any books you read? What inspired mm. you to kind of think in that way? Or is it just you were naturally systematically driven mm. that you knew this was the, the formula for success for building something that can mm. um, run without you? So, you know, were there any, any books that inspired you? Any people that inspired you? you know, what was it? Yeah, I think most of us are customer service minded. You know, there's not many people who go into business and they don't want to provide an excellent service to the customers. But the way that you, that you do that, that um, is different and for me rather than having that gratification myself providing good service I get far more buzz off my team delivering a good service to clients and clients saying what a good I'd rather they said what a good job Will or Sam or Sarah have done rather than what a good job you've done Paul um, because it's I suppose it's, a, it's an even heightened level of pride that you've been able to develop people that have been able to, do, to deliver that service but it also means that it's scalable and you can do more of it so like, oh, that's great if you think I've done a good job I'm only one person Whereas if my employees are doing it, now we've got something that we can build. Um, but I read the myth like many people in business will have done um, when I was at my last firm. Um, I went to all the ABN stuff and I was really inspired by that. Um, I think they would have been the main, uh, I don't know. I, I did read quite a lot of books, but the, the, they're the things that kind of stuck in mind. Um, as to when I felt really inspired and, I re- and, and between I guess that book the AVN network and, and the zero network and zero software between those I just saw a real good opportunity to get very close to a business uh, day by day minute by minute um, and being able to build something that as I say for me it wasn't about scalability it's about quality and consistency that may lead to scale or it may just lead to having a a, a more beautiful business to, to, to run um, where you've, you've dictated the, the quality from, from, from a very early stage. So I think I was obviously that way minded anyway, so that when I read the books, it was like, this is what I've, this is, this is what I've been missing. And that journey's carried on really. Um, I've, I've many more bit books that I've, I've read since then. And I, I'm still very much drawn to the building a, a systemized business that, that gets closer and closer to working without you. I've not, I've not sussed it yet. I've not completed it. It doesn't fully work without me. I'm not sure whether it ever will, um, especially as such a small business. But um, it, that, that's, that's what you strive for. It's like the thing about perfection, isn't it? You never achieve it, but you always strive for it. And, it, and, it's, the, and it's the same with building a business that works without you. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have to walk in and, and help out, and, and that's fine. But I'm always every day trying to get it that, that, that bit more, um, less reliant on me. Fantastic. And, and how do you then, to kind of continue that theme of uh, 
creating systems and developing systems and maintaining systems, how do you inculcate that same passion for systems mm. and the importance and you know urgency and need for having systems within your team? You know what 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 kind of tips or or processes or um, uh, training do you give them to ensure that these systems continue even without you having to create them in the background? Yeah, good question. Um... I think you need people that are sort of that way minded anyway. And it just tends to be, you know, organized people, whether they've been used to building and, and executing systems in the past or not, but people are just well organized and not just, you know, rushing from one thing to the next. Um, so, so having the people that have got the right mindset, I would never review a piece of, of work until I knew what process it followed. So if someone's taking you these management accounts, these you and accounts would say, okay, show me the process that you followed to produce these because I don't trust in myself almost to review it mm. um, and spot everything that could, because I might miss something. So just show me that you followed a process first to give us both reassurance that um, there's logic to, to what you followed. And if there isn't a process, then go back and write the process that um, reflects the work that you've done. So everything had to follow um, a, 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 a structure and a process. And that can be evolved and improved over time, you know, just version one initially, and you can build on it and flesh it out afterwards. Um, but if all we're doing is just throwing work out there and every time we're reinventing the wheel, then we're not really building a business. We're just a bunch of freelancers that work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the right mindset, um, pushing back and make sure people use system process, congratulating and thanking people and making noise about people that have built a good process or developed um, something and, and, you know, making sure that you've got a culture of, 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 of doing that. Um, pointing out when um, not having a system or process has resulted in, in a problem or a challenge, either for us or our, or our clients. Um, so, so, so I guess, yeah, the culture of it, and then we, we've done like uh, book clubs in the past. So, like, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a book together. So, we might say, right, for the, for the next two months, we're going to read two chapters a month of a week of the myth, and then we're going to get together and say, you know, what did we highlight in our book? What did we learn? How could we implement that into Map? How could we use that for our clients? So, um, yeah, right people, uh, kind of right appreciation of, of, of people that are fitting within our core values and, and, and systemizing um, and just just enforcing it at, at every opportunity, I think. Um, and you've got to lead by example. You know, most of the systems and processes that people came into were, were built by me, so I wasn't asking them to do something that, that, that I wasn't willing to do myself. Um, mm. And what about the role of uh... – checklist do you use checklists in line with your processes so the process is kind of the how to so you do management accounts and then a checklist is to ensure that things have been followed and don't fall through the cracks do you have you have a lot of checklists in place for things like that yeah we do um i think so 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 we have playbooks which is like the the detail if you like of everything you've got to do so you know you've got to log in here you've got to create this work paper pack you've got to set up these tabs you've you know you've got to rename this that should never be a checklist for me like that that's that's too patronizing because if you've got people that have been working with you for five years and they've been doing that every week for five years they shouldn't need to tick the fact that they've logged into a website Mm. um that should be like a, a guide for the people that are new 
that should be like their training material to come and look at. And we always encourage new people to stress test the training material. So if you think there's, you can't choose to not follow the system, you, you have to follow the system. But what you can choose is to improve the system. So if there's a problem the process and you think there's a step missing or it should be different tell us and we'll we'll develop it and improve it but don't just choose not to follow follow the process um so yeah the playbooks dictate the the whole picture if you like everything that somebody who's just dropped out of space needs to be able to follow to to do the job but then the checklist are like the fundamental things that um you know we can't send something out the door unless we've checked um certain things on a on a tax return year and accounts and most of those, to be honest, I've never been a really big fan of like swipe files, you know, like just copying and pasting somebody else's system and process because I feel that it gets better momentum and better engagement when you've built it organically yourself. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of our processes, a lot of our checklists have been built from like pain and mistakes in the past. And then it's like, oh, we need to stop that from happening again. So, you know, let's, let's, let's put a check in. But when, when you do that, you'll think of other things that could have gone wrong and other risks. Um, so, yeah, playbooks for the start to finish, but then checklists for the fundamental things that have to be checked every single time. Mm, fantastic. And, and what kind of, what systems do you use for that? So is it, you know, a playbook, is that just a PDF document or everything you need to do and a checklist? Is that what, an Excel spreadsheet that someone would print off or is it a Google form? You know, how does that look in kind of reality? Yeah, the playbook is um, a Google Doc so that it's live and everyone can obviously collaborate um, and work on that together. So um, that's, that's where I do all the detail of the playbook. And we'll always start with like a why, like a why, like why does this playbook exist? What's the purpose of it? What, what's the point of it? What, what, why is it important to use, use and use right? Um, and then we use Asana for the um, checklists. Okay. So the actual ticking through to make sure that the tasks have been done, we use Asana, yeah. Hmm. And so in terms of the checklist, does that need to be gone through for every okay, every compliance thing, so every tax return and accounts, the Asana yeah. checklist has to be completed? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. So over time, you know, we're always looking for feedback from the team. As I say, it's, it's okay to challenge the process. Don't just ignore it. So the team say, look, we think this step is um, unnecessary or, you know, it could be merged into step two so that there's less steps or whatever, then, then we'll listen to that. But we, we just have a defined list and try and simplify it over time just to be the essential things that need to happen. Mm. Fantastic. And have you, I mean, what kind of objections do you get perhaps from the team when you're, you know, constantly hammering on about systems and checklists? Do you get many objections and, and how do you, how do you handle them? Yeah, I like, I like, I'll always welcome them, as I keep saying, really. Mm. Um, the moment where everyone just agrees and nods the head is when, you, you know, you've not got a good, healthy culture. Like a good, healthy culture should have an amount of conflict, uh, you know, a healthy amount of conflict, challenge, people pushing one another, questioning how things are done. That's 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 a really good place to be in. Uh, we had someone who joined us recently. She was exactly like that. She actually run her own accounting firm. She kept coming up with ideas, and then another member of staff was, was thinking, you know, I, I could hear some of the terminology, like some of the phrases, and sort of, no, we do it this way, we do it this way. So, well, just listen because we might not have it right. Um, so, so, try and take some of that feedback. And yeah, some people come come in and they might think that um, that, that we're, we're holding the back, restricting them, like if they already know what they're doing, but they all we also help them to realize that there might be something right in what they're saying, like we might have made it more strict. And part of you coming in is we want you to challenge the way that we've done things, but 
we do need to have our own DNA and our own way of doing things so that we're not just reliant on um, the people that are here. We're an organization. People can come and go, but the, we have a way of doing things so that there's as, as least friction as possible um, of, of somebody leaving and someone else taking over the work. Um, so, yeah, we, we get challenged. And I think some people maybe do think it's overkill um, initially, um, but we, we just work together to, to, to try and find that right balance and have that mutual respect. Mm. Fantastic. And what would you say has been the big benefit of insisting upon having the right systems in place, that foundation that you've built your practice upon in, in getting those systems right in the first place in placing such big importance on, on updating the systems and housing the system somewhere and actually using the systems? What impact yeah. and has that had on you kind of personally to, to where you are today? Consistency, quality and speed, I'd say. Um, consistency, you know, obviously, as you said before, we, we built Go Proposal um, out of the fact that many accountancy firms would um, have horrendous scope creep problems, you know, so if they didn't have a process to make sure that this client that we nine months ago said we'll do the bookkeeping for £200 has now gone from 200 transactions a month to 700 transactions a month and we're still charging them the same fee. You need a process in place to make sure that um, you have that consistency. So if client A has got the same number of transactions as client B, they both pay the same price. They don't pay more because um, they don't pay less because they joined us longer ago uh, or because we like them or because we're scared of the client. Uh, they both pay the same fee because they both got the same number of transactions. So you have to have a process in place to make sure that you have that consistency across the business. Otherwise, you'll just have leakages everywhere in that place. And in that example, that's from like a, a pricing and a scoping perspective, um, but also reputation perspective. Because what happens if client A meets client B and says, "What you're only you're only paying two hundred pound a month, and I'm paying seven hundred pound a month, and we've got the same." So you, so you need you need systems and processes to allow for consistency, so that it's it's you at your best replicated over and over and over again. When you're operating at your best, your absolute best, what does that look like? And how do we make sure that we always stick to that, that level and things don't fall through the cracks? Um, and then as, as I say, a quality measure as well. So same sort of thing, one quality consistency, similar sort of thing, but how is the actual work that we produce to the highest standard uh, that we can produce over and over again? And it's not reliant on, Steve did the job rather than Steph, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, we all follow a process that, and, and I see a process or system as the, the, the combination of all the brains in map. So it's mm -hmm. the very best of everyone put together um, in a process. If we had everyone working on this job, you know, with, with, with all the best of their abilities put into it, what, what would, what would best look like? Um, and then speed so that you're not having to think, oh, how do I do a bookkeeping job again? This client's, jobs come in and it's 500 transactions to reconcile. It's like, no, we've got a system and process that we follow that makes this job as, as quick as possible. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, as, as you say, that that's enabled um, the business to work the, the majority of the time um, without, without me. Um, and, it, and it's only the, you know, the, the really create, not creative stuff, but, you know, the, the things that require you to think maybe beyond your existing um knowledge level i think is what business owners are good at um so you might have a situation with a client where uh, like a client going through an mbo at the moment and i've got loads of experience in that neither have i but i'll figure it out with them uh, some people might feel quite uncomfortable in that situation because you've not got the technical knowledge 
Um, but that's kind of where I expect to be brought in and that's fine. Um, but even that over time, I'm looking to hire more and more people that are better than me and doing that sort of thing so that I can get as close to just focusing on the business as, as possible. Mm. Fantastic. So you mentioned the pricing system obviously is one key system in the practice to ensure, you know, that, that addresses yeah. the problem of, of scope creep and consistency in pricing, which is, you know, one of the key pay points for many accountants. What would you say are your other kind of top three systems that kind of hold the fort together? Mm. Um, your finance system. So zero is our finance system and we've made sure and, you know, much of the innovation in Go Proposal is to help us with with our needs as a finance system. So the fact that it automatically triggers repeated invoices and lists out the exact services that you're delivering on the invoice and repeats them within zero means that today I could run a report for our business that says exactly what services we've sold this month, um, how many units of them, what price we've sold, um, and therefore total fees per service, per pod, as we call it. Um, etc so we can do some real um, rich reporting um, around our own uh, internal financials and we've automated a lot of that so we only set off a repeating invoice once and then it runs forever um, all, all that kind of stuff automatically collect the money via go cardless so that's so, so and and automatically catch all of our receipts through receipt bank so if I stretch your question a little bit, I guess, and you can let me have them three as, as the finance system, <laughs> then uh, zero receipt bank and go cardless would be one system yeah. um, for finances. Go proposal from a, uh, as, as a sales system. Um, workflow would be Asana for, for your checklists and then Google Docs for your playbooks. Um, and then we're using Fusionsoft as a, a CRM. So that does our, all of our um, marketing uh, campaigns. So email sequences, mm. forms, all that kind of stuff. But we actually use Infusionsoft to chase clients for information as well. Okay. Um, so that will say, you know, if we start working together today and we're going to do your September management accounts and then monthly on the 1st of October, you'll get an email to say, it's time to start the management accounts. Here's what we need. Click this button when you're ready and then we'll get on with our job. And then it drops onto the right person's dashboard and then they jump into Asana and, and do it from there. So we, we've coordinated um, the CRM with marketing and with, and with delivery as well. Fantastic. And what about uh, onboarding system? What do you use for that? Um, so we used uh, Go Proposal, obviously, in terms of working out the, the, the right services and, and getting the engagement letter right. Uh, we do our AML checks um, currently through Credit Safe. We're about to move to Tax Calc for doing AML checks. Um, Go Cardless, obviously, to get a direct debit set up. We have a list of tasks to follow in Asana, so a template list of all the things that have to happen with onboarding. Um, does that answer your question when you say onboarding? Yeah, I guess what happens after the proposal is signed, so that all comes yeah. through, that links into the finance system, and then how yeah. does the client get kind of onboarded in terms of past to an account manager or all, their, yeah. you know, all the various tasks that need to be done? I think you mentioned the AML. Yeah. Um, but is there, I guess it's a, it's, is there kind of a, a mix, I guess, a mix between the, the personal input of a person actually getting in touch with a client and having that personal touch together yeah. with the automation that goes on in the background? Yes, there's a bit of automation in terms of like, um, here's an example email to send to your last accountant to help us with professional clearance and give us permission. Um, here's the letter that's about to arrive in the post from HMRC with your authorization code to authorize us as your agent. Um, here's a link to book your onboarding meeting with us. Um, so then they book the onboarding meeting and, and, and they have that with the team. Money laundering, everything's going on, professional clearance is going on, tax authorizations are going on. 
Um, and then, of course, you need to configure um, an onboarding process that's fit for the client. So do we need to set up zero, migrate zero, set up receipt bank, set up go cardless? Um, and then the, our client coordinator will make sure that they're, you know, they're properly set up in our um, workflow system, so Infusionsoft and, and, and Asana. So there's a bit of um, de definitely onboarding is is there's a bit of quite a bit of manual intervention at that point. Um, but I, I, I'm sure we can do more. But uh, I think you know a lot a lot of it is necessary as well to make sure that the clients um, treated as as, as an individual and that, and that we tailor uh, the onboarding to what they need. Mm, fantastic. So just um, final couple of questions. Software is always a, a big one. You know, what's, what would you say are the best bits of software that you use in your practice? Obviously, you've got mm -hmm. GoProposal. You've mentioned Asana already. You've got Zero and Receive Bank for your finance function. Any other kind of key bits of software that you are using in your practice? Um, I had a lot of value out of uh, LinkedIn talent solutions when we've been recruiting. Okay. So um, we use that for... Uh, advertising to get inbound applicants but it also provides you with recommended matches at the same time mm. so based on the criteria that you put in the job description it'll say here's some recommended matches in, in your area and um, that you might be interested in and we've saved a fortune by doing that you know the ads are really cheap and if you've got the time to scroll through and reject or send email in mail to, to the right candidates um that's worth its weight in gold um we also use recruity for recruitment which manages our pipeline so if an applicant comes through linkedin talent solutions or the free job boards on indeed and things like that or through our website social media activity they all drop into recruiting and then we move them along on kanban style from you know interested to video introduction first stage second stage you have the pipeline and and track the um the history of, of that candidate uh, i'm just looking at my bookmarks now on google chrome so asana i've mentioned infusionsoft i've mentioned for crm um receipt bank fathom for management reporting okay. uh, so we use that for all of our management accounts and we hardly have to touch it now so we built our management accounts template within fathom and if we get the data right in zero it automatically pushes to fathom okay so then we can just put a bit of narrative on it you know add a few um custom kpis graphs and charts if we want to but the base set of management accounts is there ready for us in fathom uh, we use float for cash flow mm -hmm. forecasting uh, GoPose, obviously, uh, Xavier. So we use Xavier for um, data quality and, and, and analytics of, of the data that's inside GoProposal, which has been absolutely amazing product. Uh, we use Capitalize okay. for funding applications. There's a lot in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tax count for stat accounts and personal tax. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's some of them. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. That's been great, uh, Paul. Uh, lots of uh, lots of great nuggets there, I'm sure, for uh, many accountants to take away um, about you know the, the need and the benefits of having the right systems in your practice. Um, uh, and as you can see from what Paul said, he started with systems very early on, and that's held him in good stead to kind of have the right foundations to then springboard and grow a a practice, a scalable practice that can run without him, but he's not required to be in the business all the time for it to run and function. So just lastly, Paul, what's next for uh, for Paul Barnes and for MAP? What does the future hold for you guys in the next five years? Um, I've always said that uh, I don't see any reason for us to move outside of digital agencies because at the end of the day, we've got 125 of them. It's, it's a drop in the ocean. There's so many of them for us to go at. Um, 
But when you think of how hard it is to prize a business away from their current accountant, um, and we've, we've obviously got competitors in this space as well, um, I have I have gradually started, and I guess COVID has influenced it a little bit in terms of the risk of being um, very, very much focused on one sector i have started to soften a little bit um <laughs> at the thought of of um working in other industries because we, we turn leads away all the time like good businesses that are not agencies mm. so we are starting to think that now we've got to, to, to a certain level we've got a way of doing things could we drop that into other industries so that's something that we're we're still focusing on at the moment um but otherwise it's it, it's it's the big A word, if you like, the, the advisory word, value add, whatever you want to call it. It's we've gotten good now at getting clients' data right and getting it right quickly. And now it's what what else can we do? How else can we provide value to the clients to really get under the bonnet of the numbers and go beyond finances? Um, and that's something that we're looking to do more and more um, every single week. Fantastic. Paul, it's been a great pleasure to have you on here today. Uh, if people want to get hold of you, where's the best place for them to go? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think it's linkedin.com forward slash Paul Barnes ACCA, I think. But if you look up Paul Barnes map, um, you'll find me there anyway. Uh, or on Twitter at Paul underscore Barnes ACCA. Brilliant. Fantastic. Paul, it's been a pleasure. I hope everyone who's watched this or if you're watching on the replay that you've got a lot of value from it. Uh, Paul has shared his words of wisdom of, of growing his practice from just seven years ago, starting off on his own to a team of 21 and um, close to world domination in digital marketing agencies, <laughs> soon to break into other industries. So thank you everyone for watching. The next episode is with the lovely Laura Taylor and that is next month. So keep a, a lookout for that one. It's going to be a good one of how Laura has grown her practice and used social media to do so. So thanks again, everyone, for watching. Thank you again, Paul, for being here today. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Reza. Cheers. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.